0: Hello and welcome to another podcast episode. My name's Ray and this time I'm going to talk all about standards. How standards have dropped or disappeared altogether in some cases. We're going to that more in a minute. First of all, Suzanne, thank you so much. Lovely to hear from you. Thank you for all you've done towards uh, helping me keep the podcast episodes going. Fantastic to hear from you. I have replied privately warren in canada hello to you warren lovely to hear from you with your idea how about firsts like first car first drink in a pub first no he did say not that first <laughs> so we won't go into that first but uh, various other things first time uh for example you saw the the beatles or the rolling stones um, first time I saw the Stones, I think must have been, I can't, uh, this is the trouble, I can't remember, I'm getting old, but I think it was in the 1990s, I saw Jimi Hendrix at the Royal Albert Hall, that was fantastic, that was in, I believe that was 1969, or or 70 was it, 90, anyway, Royal Albert Hall, Jimi Hendrix, absolutely brilliant evening that was, so thanks for that Warren. Now, let's go on to people listening and where. Rachel, thank you. Nice to hear from you. You're 39 years old. Thanks, Rachel. Lovely to hear from you. Only a couple of others. I've got, uh, where are we? Ken, who is 36 in the UK. Doesn't say where. Poppy. Hello, Poppy. That's a nice name. Poppy is in the Netherlands and she is 18. Nice to hear from you. Now, the oldest. I said, do you remember anyone older Then, what was it, uh, 78, Amy, 82 in the UK. Amy is an avid listener. Thank you, Amy. It's great to hear from you. And the youngest so far now, also in the UK, is George, 15. Hello, George, and welcome to you. Fantastic to know that you like listening, um, as you said in your email, you like listening to all, all about the old days, how things were back in not just the, the 60s, but before the 50s. I can't go back any further than that because I wasn't here. Before I forget, let's have the weather report. Uh, what day is it? I'm not even sure what day it is. Oh, it's Thursday. Thursday, nine o'clock in the morning. The sky is very overcast, windy. It's 17 centigrade or Celsius. What's the difference? Centigrade or Celsius, same thing. 62 Fahrenheit. I think it was 62.6 Fahrenheit, according to Alexa. So there we are, 62. It's not warm. It just isn't warm at all. I don't know what's happened to this. Well, it's the British summer, as I've said before, isn't it? One day we've got a kind of heat wave and we're roasting. Yesterday, in fact, I was working on my stationary engine in the garden. I put my shorts on. Trish said to me, you must be hot. I said, yeah, I am. I'm going to put my shorts and T-shirt on. When I came downstairs back to the garden, the sun had gone in, the wind had gone up, it's cloudy. And I thought, well, that was a waste of time. It was only half an hour later, I went back and uh, put my jeans on. So I don't know, I don't know what's happening. Apparently this Friday, this coming Friday, where are we now, 7th of June? No, it's not, 7th of July. Isn't it going fast? 7th of July, 2022. This Friday, apparently it's gonna be 23, 24 degrees. And next week is going to be even hotter. Now, next week, I won't tell you where I'm going next week. Have I told you already? (laughs) I won't tell you. I shall keep that as a surprise. That's a secret for the time being. Chap I know recently said to me, oh, you're all in purple. I had purple jeans on and uh, a purple shirt. And I just said, yes. I thought, what's he on about? Why mention my colour of my clothes? What's the matter with him? He didn't say any more. He then talked about something else. And I thought about it. He was all dressed in grey. And he always is. Derek's his name. Always dressed in grey, young Derek, if you're listening. Actually, I don't think he does listen. (laughs) He doesn't listen to the podcast. Or he might do secretly and not tell me. That's another thing. I think there are a few people I know that listen to the podcast, but they never comment. They don't tell me. I don't know why. There we are. I shall blacklist you. I shall make a list of all your names and I shall oust you in public. (laughs) Another friend of mine years ago, he said to me, oh, you're bohemian. You are. Why am I bohemian? I think what that was, I used to wear coloured jeans, whatever colour, not just the blue boring ones, and a a black velvet jacket, a white shirt and cufflinks. And he said to me, you can't wear cufflinks with jeans. I said, well, why not? I don't know whether I did it to annoy people or just because I could. I suppose it's because I could. Another thing I did on a couple of times, went to our local pub. I had a a T-shirt and a jacket, which was fine, nothing wrong with that. And a tie, (laughs) a tie done up properly round my neck. No shirt, just a T-shirt. And this chap, I remember him saying to me, you really are bohemian. I'm not quite sure what bohemian, I must look it up. I know bohemian Rhapsody, Queen, that's a good one, isn't it? I don't know the words to it, Tricia does, but I like being different. I've got red shoes and I wore my red shoes somewhere. I forget where, well, oh, Amberley Museum it was. And my sister-in-law said, Ray, only you could wear red shoes no one else would get away with it. <laughs> Why? I like a bit of color. Look at the cars on the street. I'm rambling now, I was gonna talk about standards. Look at the cars on the streets. They're gray, black, some of them are white. They're drab colours, aren't they? Dull colours. I think it's awful. Why can't we have a little bit of colour in our life? It would be nice. Clothes. I hate buying clothes. I hate trying them. I won't try them on. If I have to go to a shop to buy clothes, I'll take them home. I'm not trying them on there. I can't be bothered with it. I get my shoes off, take my jeans off, try to get these trousers on and there's no room in the changing room. Then someone yanks the curtain back. Oh, sorry, didn't think this one was occupied. Well, of course it's occupied, you fool. <laughs> I hate it. I hate the shops. I hate the town. Anyway, this episode isn't all about the things I hate. I think it would be a sh- bit shorter to write down the things I like and read that out to you. It'd take about three seconds. So yes, a bit of colour in our lives. The same with houses. Did I mention double glazing the other day? I meant to. Everyone has double glazing these days in Britain. Right, we all have double glazing. I know in Finland, places like that. And I know we've got some listeners in Helsinki. So hello to you. I know you've got triple glazing. And they're now bringing triple glazing into Britain. I don't know why, but it doesn't get that cold. Stone the crows. But it's all white. Not all right, all white. All white on the night. It's white. No doubt you can ask for colours, but I dread to think what the cost would be. So I'm looking out of the houses now, and they're all white. UBV, was it upvc isn't it the double glazing they're all white units in the old days we had some pastel colors blue green but a shade of yellow you know it was really nice to see some of the colors each house was unique now they all look the same there we are anyway that's another rant of mine another moan <laughs> happy days have all gone Okay, I suppose you've heard, I'll have to mention this, I suppose you've heard about our government. Um, it's, as I say, it's the 7th of July and Boris Johnson, I think, either is retiring today or has retired today. I'm not going to go into that because we don't do politics on these podcasts, but there's a little bit of news. Well, I say news, you've probably heard that by the time you listen to this episode on Sunday. It'll be all round. Well, it's all round the world now, isn't it? Saw a programme last... Oh, no, I won't go on about that. I'll tell you that another time. Okay, let's move on. You may have heard me mention emails from a young lady named Janet before. Janet has emailed me again. Hello, Janet. And as with all her previous emails, I can't read this one out. I don't don't know what it is, Janet, but uh, you're rather naughty in your emails I can't read that out. Yes, I agree with you. It's to do with the old days, the 1960s. What was it? Make love not war and free love and everything. Your times in the 60s were fantastic as mine were, but I can't <laughs> I cannot relate to your happenings as you call it. Cuz yeah, we had happenings in the 60s, didn't we? Cool man and stuff. <laughs> cool man. I didn't go around saying things like dig and cool man and what was it hold you know the the v's the backward v sign, signer peace man i didn't go around doing all that i was a hippie janet did by but, but the sound of it janet you are awful but i like you now i didn't do all that i thought that was rather silly i thought that was all put on actually i did meet one or two people like that a couple of people i knew they they walk into into a pub and see someone cool man I just didn't think that was me at all. I didn't do that. I had the hair and the beard. I had the flowers in my hair. How about that? Put flowers in my hair. And I remember going into one of our local pubs and the landlord there, I don't think he liked me anyway. And uh, he looked at me and he, he just frowned. I think, again, I did that deliberately just to annoy him. I forget what the flowers were. Anyway, I picked them out of someone's garden on the way to the pub and stuffed them in my hair. <laughs> And we also used to wear hats. I wore a lot of hats in the 60s, all sorts of different hats. Do you remember the Donovan type hat? I've got a Donovan type hat. You know, the leather sort of peaked, a little peak on the front. I used to wear it and people used to think it was some political statement or something. They thought I was Che Guevara or whatever. So I stopped wearing it. It's a shame I bought that in Cyprus. It's a nice, nice hat but I've only worn it a couple of times because people come out with daft comments. Mind you, people come out with daft comments anyway. Just made myself a cup of coffee. So, and I've checked the weather and it's now really overcast as black clouds and there was a little bit of fine rain in the air. So it's not going to be a day for working on my engine outside. It's under the patio roof, but uh, it's just not pleasant. The other day I was out there working on it. I was so hot, I had to come in. And then the following day, it was a bit chilly out there, so I don't know. Anyway, standards. Are there any standards? Is that the right word, standards? Are there any standards left? There's no discipline anymore in schools, is there? That's all gone. If a teacher says anything to a child, then the teacher ends up in court or getting the sack. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous in my day. Good grief. You give the teacher some lip, you, you get the cane. And if you go home and tell your parents that you were beaten by one of the teachers, then your dad would give you the cane as well. (laughs) But it worked. That was discipline. I mean, these days, I don't know, I would be, well, I was no good at school in those days. I would be no good at school in these days because I would have been totally out of control. Not that I was bad, but I just wasn't interested in school. And had there not been any discipline at all, like that now, now I'm not not talking about um, schools in other countries. I hasten to add, because I have a, a lovely avid listener who is a teacher in another country, mentioning no names. But the schools in the UK, but the schools in Britain, from what I've heard and what I can see, are just well, no discipline whatsoever. And if anyone's going to get into trouble, it won't be the kids; it'll be the teachers, which is balmy. Email from Barry saying, uh, "You know, I mentioned railway stations." He said on his local station, there's a load of yobbos, as he calls them, (laughs) a load of yobbos. He said they're there every evening. And he said they're mucking about, they're throwing things at people. He said they muck about on the platform, they shout, they play loud music. And he said there's no staff there. And if there was, the staff would probably not be able to do anything. They'd probably be in trouble, probably get beaten up or something if they try to control these yobbos. So again, no standards at all. It's all very well having no discipline in school and the kids feel free, but when they leave school, they then feel free to do what they like. I've heard this again and again when there's a a local, well, there's a bunch of kids locally in various towns, various cities, a bunch of kids locally that wreak havoc. They intimidate people, they muck about, they block the pavements with their bikes. I can't remember that happening in my day. We didn't hang around outside shops as they do now. I don't remember hanging around outside shops. Mind you, in the evenings, the shops were closed. But, well, no, the off-license was open. The chip shop was open. We didn't hang around outside shops. What's the point of that? We were over the woods, climbing trees and doing stuff like that, lighting fires in the woods, which was probably not good, but uh, it was great fun. Never have seen the point in hanging around outside You know, some of the local, the smaller supermarkets. I've seen it. I've been driving around. I've seen it. Kids, bikes all over the pavement. I say kids, early teens, mid-teens, just all hanging out outside a supermarket. Crazy. I think the trouble is kids, well, not only kids, adults haven't got anyone to look up to anymore. Admittedly, in the old days at school, I didn't look up to the teachers. I didn't like them at all, and they didn't like me. And that, <laughs> And that was the way it worked. I didn't look up to them, but I did have to respect the discipline, I suppose. I knew that uh, when I played truant, thats you know, that's bunking off school. I knew that if I got caught, I'd get the cane. and I did get the cane. It didn't stop me playing truant, and we knew that if we mucked about beyond a boundary, you could you know you could play around in class a little bit. But there were limits, there was a boundary. If you went past that boundary, you went over those limits, then you'd be in severe trouble. So I did respect that, uh, which I suppose it worked. I suppose it worked to an extent. I must admit, when I left school, if I was downtown with some friends, I didn't sort of shout out things. I wasn't cheeky to older people, I wasn't rude to people. Mind you, was that school or was that my parents, the way they brought me up? And I think that's a lot of the trouble these days. Parents don't seem to care. Not all parents, obviously. I'm only talking about a handful. But uh, there were some 13-year-olds, apparently. I read somewhere, not not where I live, some place somewhere in Britain. 13-year-olds wreaking havoc all around the place, and the police knew who they were. They went to their parents, and the parents apparently weren't interested. Well, they're kids. Leave them alone. Let them do what they like, you know. And I had a go at the police. I don't know what the outcome of it all was, but apparently they've been, was it, I forget the wording, terrorising the the local neighbourhood or something like that, which is awful. And of course, the parents' attitude was, oh, leave them alone, they're only kids, they're messing about. Well, that's just going to encourage them to do more, isn't it? But uh, there we are, standards. It's all gone. There's, I've, there's a thing I've been looking at on Twitter. I know I said I don't look at Twitter anymore. I have a sneak look now and then just to see what's happening. And there's pictures of policemen, you know, in in the UK, policemen, dressed up in funny hats and all these uh, rainbow colours, you know, which is, you know, they're trying to make a statement. But the trouble is that they're all doing this. They've even got their police cars and there was an ambulance I saw a picture of the other day. That's got rainbows all over it. We've got rainbow... um, zebra crossings you know what a zebra crossing is you're like a a pedestrian crossing across the road and they used to be black and white stripes look at the abbey road beatles album you got the four Beatles on there going across the zebra crossing and abbey road but they've been painting these things rainbow colors which is you know it's i i know what it's all about and it's great it's great that people can now come out or whatever the term is and be themselves but I don't think we have to paint everything in sight with rainbow colours, do we? As I'm often saying, perhaps that's just me being old-fashioned. I don't know. I went to Amberley Museum, what was it, last Sunday, I think it was, and there's a road construction place and road works type machinery there, and they've got some of the old road signs, and they're all on black and white posts. So you've got a black and white pole, and on the top, a picture of A couple of children holding hands crossing the roads and it says school so you know there's a school coming up i used to like those road signs and road signs saying keep left oh that reminds me how mental is that i've got to go on about that how mental is this a roundabout you've all got roundabouts in whichever country you live you have roundabouts okay we drive on the left you drive on the right perhaps that's beside the point You come up to a roundabout and you give way to the traffic either on the right, as we do here, or if you're in America, for example, you give way to the traffic on the left. We all know that. And if you don't know that, you shouldn't be on the road. What have they done here on one of our roundabouts? They've got two rows of dotted lines to indicate a junction. And these dotted lines mean give way. It's a roundabout. We know you give way. We know that or do we? Perhaps everyone doesn't know that. How mental is that? Give way lines on the road at a roundabout. I saw another sign saying, keep left. Well, that was coming up to, what was it? I can't remember where that was. And I thought, well, keep left. Well, that's what we do anyway. We drive on the left, you know, what sort of idiot put that sign there. Good grief. I mean, talk about, oh, I don't know. I think the world's gone mad, to be honest. Email here from Teresa. Where are you? You're in uh, Nottingham. No, you're not. Yes, you are. Sorry. (laughs) You know where you are. I don't seem to know where you are. And she says she remembers the old railway stations. Now, this actually fits in because Teresa has said the standards have gone. All the standards we have had, rather, even on British Rail, that's gone. So it's quite fitting that this uh, episode, I was going to say, is all about standards or lack of, but it's not, is it? Because I've been rambling about other things. But she remembers her local station. Do you remember the film, The Railway Children? She's mentioned that, Teresa's mentioned that, because her local station was like that. It was in the country, and it was a very small station, in the days of steam. Fantastic. I remember that. And she said that they had flowers in the form of letters which read the name of the station. She doesn't put which station. That's exactly what I was saying. And one or two other people have emailed me and said, we had that at our local station, the flowers with the name of the station. That's when there were standards. That's when people took pride in their their jobs. I'm not saying that everyone now doesn't take pride in their work, but it seems to me these days, a lot of people don't want to go to work anymore. They seem to want to sit at home, work at home, or not work at all, from what I've heard on the telly. They were talking about that a little while ago. People don't want to go to work anymore. They just want to be given everything for nothing, which is a bit odd. I mean, how does that work? Go back to the old days. Perhaps we should do that. I'll give you uh, a goat (laughs) for half a lamb and a couple of cabbages. Does that work? (laughs) Imagine that. Imagine trading like that before we had money. It might be good not to have money. There was a... Do you remember the Tales of the Unexpected Programmes? I'm sure that's where I saw it. Everyone in this village decided not to pay for anything. They would all do jobs for each other, sort of trade that way, if you like. So the butcher, he would give his meat to uh, the greengrocer, for example, in exchange for vegetables and fruit. He'd give his meat to uh, a decorator who was decorating the outside of his house. And this is how it went on. The electrician, he would do electrical jobs for people in return for, say, bread and cakes from the bread shop. And it went on like this. And the only chap that was not doing very well was the undertaker. <laughs> and I forget exactly how the story went, but the undertaker, he started killing people off. <laughs> to get. If he wanted some vegetables, he'd go and kill the, the grocer. So he'd then bury the grocer and he'd have his vegetables for nothing. Something like that. So I don't know. It doesn't always work, but it's quite funny. I used to like, was it Arthur C. Clarke wrote Tales of the Unexpected? Oh, probably not. I've probably got that totally wrong. So standards, perhaps that's the wrong word, values. I think we, we don't have the same values anymore that we used to have. In my day, again, as far as I know, people didn't go around scratching other people's cars. They call it keying, don't they? Run a key along the side of a car to wreck all the paintwork. I don't remember that happening. Why do that? Why do people do that? If you look into the kind of psychology of that, they're obviously jealous. Well, I haven't got a car like that, so I'm going to spoil his car or her car. It's odd, isn't it? There's a lot of jealousy around. I I think jealousy is one of the worst things that anyone can ever have. I've never been a jealous type person, fortunately. If I see someone doing well, uh, by that I mean doing better than me, far better than me. They've got a, a house 10 times bigger and they've got 10 times more money and they've got beautiful cars, several of them, and I haven't. I've never looked upon them with jealous envy, possibly. I might think, oh, wow, I'm envious of that car. I like that. I always admire people like that. I think well, that's really good. He's done really well. Excellent. You know, I'm pleased for them. Not jealous. <laughs> to be jealous must be an awful thing. I would hate it if I was a jealous type person. I do know people. You know, going back decades. I've known people. I knew one chap. he was so riddled with jealousy. the slightest thing anyone had. One of our friends bought her, or was buying his first flat. He got his mortgage. And he was buying a flat. It was only a small flat, but he was on the, the property ladder, as it's called. And this jealous mate of ours, he was, uh, oh, I wouldn't have bought that. Oh, it's was a dreadful area. Oh, what a place to live. I wouldn't live there. Oh, it's an awful flat, because we all went and had a look at it. Oh, isn't it small? Oh, I don't like the outlook. Oh, you can't see much. Can you out of that window? Oh, isn't the bedroom small? He went on and on like this. It, basically, he was jealous. That's all it was. Yes, it was a small flat. But it was great that this chap, he'd got on the rung of the ladder at last. He'd saved up, and this was his flat, and he'd moved in and made it his home. I thought it was brilliant, but this other idiot was just jealous. Just going back to standards or values or whatever, again, email here from uh, Alan. Hello, Alan. He says, talking of the old days, people had respect for the police back then, which is true. Yes, I do. I do remember that. And he said that uh, he's got no respect for the police now because of the way the police behave. Apparently, he was in a a town. He wasn't sure where he was. And he asked this copper who happened to be standing on the street. Well, a couple of them, apparently. And he said, excuse me, I'm looking for whatever road it was. And apparently, this cop (laughs) looked at him and said, down there. That was it, just down there. And as Alan points out, in the old days, I remember this. Yeah, the the policeman would say, yes, sir, certainly. Now, if you go down there, go past the dry cleaners, you get to the pub, you turn right there, and it's just on your left. They would have been like that. And, you know, you'd say, well, thank you very much. You're welcome, sir. That's how it was then. It was, there were standards, there were values. Whereas now, when you go into a pub now, you go up to the person behind the bar, and what do you get? (laughs) (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Oh, can I have a pint of uh, IPA, please? In the old days, good evening, sir. What can I get you? How are you? They pour the beer. Been a nice day again, hasn't it? Being British, talk about the weather. Weather's all right, isn't it? Or hasn't the weather been awful? Whereas now you're lucky if you get a grunt. (laughs) Happy days. My old mate, Les Grout, used to say happy days. I think it's something from the telly as well. But he's passed away now. He had the local army surplus store fantastic in there are oh, ex-military radio gear transmitters receivers oh you name it he had it and he was always saying happy days even if they weren't <laughs> a great character sadly missed i think also workmanship well craftsmanship there are no craftsmen anymore are there do they still have what are they call not there's carpenters isn't there then there's uh joiners and cabinet makers Now, they were the real craftsmen, am I right? Any cabinet makers listening to me, correct me if I'm wrong, people were craftsmen, not just tradesmen. These days, good grief, you have a job done on your house, you look at it, when they're finished, you think, well, I think I could have done better myself. That's happened to me many times over the years. I won't have anyone do anything in the house now if it's something that I can do. Mind you, as you get older, obviously, the, the jobs you can do around the house are, are less and less. You have to get people in. But I hate it. If you want a job doing properly, do it yourself. Because some of these people, you know, with all due respect to tradesmen, I know the majority of you are probably fine. But some of them stone the crows. They're just idiots. They don't know what they're doing. Friend recently had his house painted. Now, this is funny. He hasn't got double glazing and he wants to keep it that way. He likes the original windows, which is great. And he had this decorator around to do the painting, rub down the woodwork, do it all properly. He thought, I'll get a chap in here, a professional, to do it properly. This chap turned up, bit of sandpaper, just got off some of the loose flaking paint, and then started putting this gloss paint on. And this friend of mine happened to notice, and he said, excuse me, are you going to rub it down any further? You've just got the, the flaky bits off. And the chap said, oh, no, no, that's all right. That's, that's fine. That's all you need to do. And then he, he said to him, you're not using undercoat. Surely before you put the gloss on, you, you use undercoat. Oh, no, no, not these days. You don't have to bother with that. And he said it wasn't this one coat stuff, which is awful. I used that once. It just peels off. You can just get a, a lump of it and it peels off in strips. So he said to the chap, look, I'm sorry. No, I want it done properly. Sorry, you know, I'll pay you for whatever materials you've used so far but I'm not having you go any further. And apparently the chap was rude and stomped off, but uh, you, you can't get a job done properly. Isn't it awful? This chap's advertising himself as a professional painter and decorator, and he's obviously not. We had the double glazing replaced a few years ago, only the front of the house, and we got in a, a big company because we, I don't know why, I, like an idiot, I thought, oh, well, a big company, they'll... They'll do a good job. They were dreadful, absolutely dreadful bodges, and oh, the whole thing was awful. I ended up putting a lot of it right myself. Then we got a smaller company, just recently, a few months ago, to do the porch door. We got a sliding door. Fantastic. The chap that did it was brilliant. He was a proper, I almost said craftsman. Yes, I will use that word. He did it properly. And the chap that was running the company, he phoned us several times. Is everything okay? Are you happy with it? Then they sent uh, someone round a few weeks later. Hello, just come to check that the door's all operating properly. And he slid it back and forth, tried the lock. Really good. And it just took me back to the old days when there were values and standards. People did things properly. They were good days. I remember a friend of ours was a, a friend of my parents'. When i was a kid he was a plumber and he did this uh you know this lead piping where you do the is it the wiped joints you're probably thinking what are you talking about i don't know i've no idea you tell me no look it up lead plumbing and wiped as in wiping with a rag wiped joints i watched him do that once i was amazed that was a real skill i thought this man is incredible i loved it not that i wanted to be a plumber I ended up following in the footsteps of our family friend, who was a TV engineer. I used to watch him come round and mend our telly, because in those days, tellies were always going wrong. And he'd come round and he'd he'd take the telly to bits, and I'd sit there on the floor of the carpet watching, asking questions. And I said to him, I want to be like you one day. I want to be a television man. You know, (laughs) And I remember him laughing. And years and years later, he reminded me of that. He said, you always wanted to be a television man. Now you are. What do you think? I said, yeah, it's all right. The money's a waste of time, but I love the job. It was good fun. The money was abysmal, honestly. You think, you know, in electronics, I did uh, the city and guilds and all that. I worked on ship to shore type radio. I worked for electronics marine company, doing radar, echo sounders, sonar, all this gear. And the money was dreadful. I'd been better off as a waiter down the local restaurant. Honestly, they got more money than me. I know that because a friend of mine was a waiter down the local restaurant and he got more money than me and he got tips on top of that. But uh, I don't know, can't really make a career out of being a waiter. Well, I suppose you can. Head waiter, whatever you become after. <laughs> Head waiter, I don't know. Have you got any moans, complaints, rants you want to go on about? Ray's rants at protonmail.com. Email me. Be nice to hear from you. I'm getting more and more emails, but I am getting round to answering them all. I do try to answer. Well, I do. I answer every one I get, unless there's some silly ones. I answer all your emails, Janet, as you know. <laughs> they make me chuckle. It's just a shame I can't read them out. It would be great, but uh, I'd probably get arrested. I don't know, Janet, what are you like? Fantastic. I like people that are different, like Janet. She's different, and I do like that. It's like me wearing the the red shoes or the purple jeans and a purple shirt. It's different. I like that. In fact, I have a good mind now. Just, Where where are we? When we have uh, the family get-together on Saturday, people round for lunch, I think I'll wear a T-shirt and a tie. I'll do a tie-up round my neck just for fun. It creates a bit of fun, doesn't it? A bit of laughter and joking around. And it creates a bit of, I don't know, life, doesn't it? You know, life, laughing and things. That's what it's all about. Can't really wear cufflinks with a T-shirt. Can? I don't know, though. I could put cufflinks up the top of my arm on the T-shirt. No, that, that wouldn't look right, would it? That wouldn't look right at all. Talking of clothes, I think. Do you remember we were talking about uh, people wearing suits? men wearing a shirt tie and a suit on the beach in the red hot summer and women would wear you know a dress on the beach whereas these days it's uh, <laughs> the men wear speedos well i don't no don't even don't even think of that don't try to picture that especially if you're having a dinner things have changed society has changed hasn't it and i think what shook a lot of the older or elderly people in the 1960s they had been brought up they'd grown up with the men wearing a suit and tie shirt and tie on the beach and in town sunday best then the 60s came along well the 50s with the teddy boys actually but then the 60s with the hippies people like me going around with flowers in their hair and weird hats and all. we used to dye our shoes i remember at work we used to dye our shoes and uh, what was it tie dye t-shirts You get a stone and a bit of string, tie the stone in the T-shirt to make like a knot and then dip it in a saucepan of hot dye. Was it boiling? I can't remember. We used to do it on this gas ring we had in the workshop. No, it wasn't. Yes, there was a gas ring. That didn't work too well. We put it in an electric kettle. We plugged this electric kettle in with full of water and dye. It wasn't the kettle we used for making our tea, by the way. We'd have had purple tea. Excellent. Purple rain. I like that. Prince, purple rain. And I suppose the elderly people who had been brought up with the suits and the Sunday best and the dress and all this sort of thing looked at us and thought you'd stone the crows even more crows to be stoned. What do these kids look like? I remember walking downtown. I dressed myself up. I must have looked like a right idiot. I'd gone down the town in my hippie gear the hair, the beard. the the flowers. I I dread to think what I look like. I remember older people looking at me. I remember one couple, they stopped. I walked towards them. They stopped. They were coming towards me and they just stared as I walked past. I remember thinking, oh, what's wrong with them? Because now, now I'm older, I look back, I know what was wrong. Nothing wrong with them. They were thinking, what's wrong with me? (laughs) Oh, they were great times. Great times. I think that's where I got this dressing up thing from. That's why I like wearing my red shoes. Most people would say, who oh, in their right mind would we'll sort of buy red shoes, let alone wear red shoes? But I do. I, I like them. I like coloured shoes. Yeah, we used to dye shoes. I had purple, I had green, I can't, I can't remember. A red, of course. I used to dye shoes red. Any shoes I had, you could buy second hand shoes in those days. Well, you can now, can't you? I get a sort of half-decent pair of second-hand shoes and then dye them. (laughs) Perhaps I should start doing that again. No, no, I'd probably get sectioned. I know I'm always saying it, but the older I get, the more I miss those days. They, you know, I'm always saying, oh, fantastic, fantastic days. They were fantastic. They really were. They really were. George, you're 15. Hopefully you're listening. What do you think? Be nice to hear from you again, George. And Amy, 82 years old, Amy. Thanks for email. You're emailing. I mean, that's pretty good at 82. You've obviously got uh, some sort of computer or iPhone or iPad. My mum has got an iPad and uh, a phone. My mother-in-law has an iPad and an iPhone and they're on the social media or whatever they do. They've, they've got their friends on there and family, of course. So that's great, Amy. Lovely to hear from you. Okay, is there anyone older than 82? or younger than 15. I doubt there's anyone younger than 15 because it's going to be boring. Uh, What are our grandchildren? We've got the 13-year-old girls. I know they're not interested in the 50s. I've asked them, did I tell you they were here the other day? And they said, Grandad, tell us a story about when you were young. And I said, well, that's the 1950s. Yeah, tell us a story about that. And I said, oh, well, I I don't know. I can't think of anything. Oh, go on, Grandad, go on. Okay, right. Well, when I was about 10 years old, And then these two of them, the twins, they were going, (laughs) they did, I think I told you this, didn't I? They deliberately wanted me to start telling a story so they could pretend that it was so boring they'd gone to sleep. Honestly, little madams. Another email here. I've just made a a few notes about emails. Fiona, hello, Fiona. She says, you don't talk about girlfriends anymore. I don't. No, I was getting myself a bit of a reputation, Fiona, to be honest. I was getting emails from people saying, well, how many hundreds of girlfriends did you actually have? How many girls did you go out with? Was it in the hundreds? No, it wasn't. I was giving the wrong impression. My neck clicked then. Look at that, that's old age. I'll tell you what, my knee's been bad. I won't go into that. I had to take ibuprofen is it ibu, I can never say it. ibuprofen, ibuprofen. I've been taking that and that does other things which I won't mention. But going back to girlfriends Fiona, no, I haven't. I have got more stories, because you've asked in your email, have you got more stories about girls back in the 60s? Yes, I have. I nearly said hundreds. <laughs> no, no, I haven't got hundreds of stories. No, 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 don't get me wrong. I have got a lot more tales to tell. Perhaps, I i don't know, perhaps I'll do one next week. Well, see I'll see what I can think of. I'll have a little think back. One of these nights, well, every night, I'm awake half the night, I sit up in bed. The clock says two then it says 2.15, then it says 3, then it says 3.30, and I'm thinking, well, am I going to go to sleep? And then it says 4, and I've noticed, I've noticed now 4 o'clock, it's not getting daylight anymore. We're on the other side of the longest day, aren't we? We're going downhill, we're doomed, doom and gloom, winter, no, don't start that. So yes, it's not quite as light in the mornings. So one of these nights, I will sit up in bed, staring at the stars out of the window, or the rising sun, And I will make some notes on my iPad about girlfriends in the 60s. I have to be a little bit careful for obvious reasons to protect the guilty. (laughs) No, to protect the innocent. I've just had a thought. Do you remember I was telling you about a friend of mine in Southampton? We used to send each other this three-inch recording tape. He'd send it to me and I'd listen to his message. Then I'd record over it and send it back to him. It was better than writing letters. And it was great fun. You know, the tape would turn up in the post, fit it on the machine and have a listen. It was good fun. That has just reminded me, talking about girls, Fiona, this is your fault. I found in the street, not far from where I live, just a few doors down, I found a a tape. Someone had dropped it on the pavement. Hadn't broken, you know, the plastic spool hadn't broken. It was only a little three-inch tape. So I took it home. I thought it must be someone local. I took it home and played it on my tape recorder. I was, how old was I, 16, 18? And it's this girl, and she was talking about naughty things and what she likes, what she likes doing. And I remember remember sitting in my shed, because I had a shed in the garden, it was great. That was my kind of workshop with all my radio gear and everything. And I listened to this tape. Anyway, I took it to work. And, you know, the radio and TV workshop, we had tape recorders everywhere. And I played it to the lads. And they were saying, you ought to track this girl down, find out who she is. I would found it only, what, 50 yards from my house, if that. Well, my parents' house, I should say. But I was dying to find out who she was, where she lived. Was she local? Did she live in my road? I didn't know. So what I did, I had another three-inch tape, and I put it on the wall outside my parents' place where I lived, Because, you know, people would find a scarf or gloves or something. They'd stick it on a garden wall, wouldn't they? So whoever had lost it, hopefully, would walk by and see it and they'd find it. That was my idea. I didn't think it would work. I put this three-inch tape on the wall and I waited. I'm surprised it worked at all. I mean, it could have been there for a week or anyone could have taken it. Anyone walking past might have thought, oh, look, a tape. Oh, thank you very much. I'll have that. But this girl... And I knew where she lived. She lived down the road. This girl was walking. She stopped and she looked around, make sure no one was watching her. She couldn't see me, obviously, in the house. And she slipped this tape into her bag and walked briskly down the road. Now, this is the bit I haven't told you. I still had the original tape, the tape she'd taken from the wall. I'd put a message on it. I can't go any further than that because it all gets rather naughty. But it's your fault, Fiona. You did ask. Yes, there are other stories about uh, girls and things, but it was quite funny. I put this message on and I said, if you want your tape back, you have to meet me. Anyway, we did meet and uh, (laughs) that's another story, as they say. That's another story. Just looking at the clock, I thought I was hungry. It's heading for lunchtime. I've now lost, what have I lost in weight? I've lost over a stone. I think it's a stone and two pounds or something, whatever that is in kilograms, I've no idea. But I've lost, well, a stone is 14 pounds, isn't it? I've lost uh, 16 pounds in weight. So that's good. I feel thinner, I actually look thinner. And, uh well, I had a haircut, didn't tell you that. The hairdresser chap, he said to me, do you feel better for it? Because he wants to lose weight. And I said, yes, I do, definitely. Definitely feel a lot better having lost just over a stone in weight. I thought I'd better have the hair cut. It was getting out of hand again and working on my engine in the garden. I was getting so hot. It's like wearing a fur hat. So I had to go around there and have my hair cut. So that's that done now for a few months. <laughs> he said to me, I'll see you at Christmas. I said, yeah, it probably will actually. No, I, I don't. I go every, what every three months, I suppose. I hate having my hair cut. I hate short hair. I like it long. But uh, now it's grey. It doesn't look right. You seen these people with ponytails, long grey hair and a ponytail or a a man bun? I think it looks awful. Well, it's up to them, mind you. I looked awful when I was a hippie in my teens. I suppose it's the same thing. It's oh, I saw Michael Fabricant on the tape. Tele- look him up on the online. Michael Fabricant. I think he's a conservative MP. His hair. Trish always laughs. She says it's a wig, but I don't think it is. And she looked it up and apparently his hair has had, what was the word? An enhancement. I don't know what that means, an enhancement. And the other one, Michael, oh, what was it? Michael Meadow, I can't remember, another Tory bloke. He's got long hair. It's, uh, and Trish says, oh, fans having hair like that at his age. I suppose, why not? He's got hair. He's not bald, as a lot of people are at that age. Well, and younger. So why not have long hair? I think this is part of the, I won't say the freedom, the freedom that the 60s gave us. You could dress how you liked, you could do what you like with your hair. And it was, I was going to say not frowned upon Well, it was by older people, but uh, it was cool. Dig, (laughs) dig. I never did understand. Why dig? Dig a hole, but why say dig? I don't know. That's his name. Yes, David Meller. David Meller uh, I think he's a conservative MP. His hair. He's got lots of hair and it's, it's not in a bun or a ponytail. It's just straight hair and like a bob. And uh, that's what makes Trish laugh. I mean, Boris's hair, Boris Johnson, his sort of blonde mass is all over the place, isn't it? I remember people saying, oh, yeah, he's had his hair dyed. What's his sister, Rachel Johnson, isn't it? She's blonde and I think his dad, is it Stanley Johnson? I'm remembering all these names, mostly because I've lost all this weight. (laughs) My brain's coming alive again, my memory works. But I think they're all blonde, so I don't think any of them have dyed their hair. Just been to have my lunch and I put the radio on while I was having my sarnie. That's a funny expression, sarnie, isn't it? Why not sandwich? Anyway, this chap on the radio, he said, it's as true as the day is long. That's a funny expression, isn't it? Which reminded me, and um, what was that one? As sure as eggs is eggs. Firstly, it should be eggs are eggs. As sure as eggs are eggs, not is. So where's that come from? I love all these old expressions. They're brilliant, aren't they? Stone the crows. (laughs) Oh dear, Struth. Right, it's almost time I wasn't here. That's another funny saying, isn't it? Time I wasn't here, time I went. My engine bolts have just arrived. Some Whitworth bolts to clamp the uh, magneto down. They've just arrived, along with some transfers. You know, these transfers are water type transfers, not the type we used to stick on our arms when we were kids. These say Lister, Lister engine. So that'll make the engine look posh. Do you remember those transfers when we were kids in the 50s? I used to love those. I think you got them in, you could buy them separately, but weren't they in the sweet cigarette packets and things like that? I can't remember. I remember those sticking them on my arm. You know, you put them in water, I think a saucer of water, Then you stick it on your arm and then you peel off the the outer bit and you've got like a tattoo on your arm. I remember doing that. I remember getting told off at school, Wash that off. Go wash that off. (laughs) Miserable old devils they were. I remember one, the geography teacher, it was. Goodness me, he was miserable. I used to think, even at my age, kind of what, 13, 14, I used to think he must hate his job. He must hate school because he was always so miserable. I never saw him smile or laugh when he was talking to other teachers. He was miserable. (laughs) I don't know. It's funny, isn't it? Some people are just permanently miserable. I don't know whether you can hear noises and chatting, although my high-tech recording studio is perfectly soundproof. you can still hear Trisha. She's down there with her mum and they just got back from town. So that's got to be my cue to end the podcast, unless you want all this background rabbiting and clashing and banging around in the kitchen down there. OK, one more time. Ray's Rants at ProtonMail.com. <clears throat> Getting a bit of a Rough voice now, a bit of a sore throat. It's all this talking for an hour. Raise rants at protonmail.com. Be absolutely fantastic to hear from you. Someone pointed out, I use that word too many times. I'll have to change it. Wonderful. No, that hasn't got the same impact, has it? It was fantastic. Incredible. Absolutely is a word. They come up with a lot on the TV. So do you agree with the Prime Minister? Absolutely. What do you think about the weather? It's been nice, hasn't it? Absolutely. (laughs) Happy day. Stop saying happy days as well. Listen, you lot, take care. Lovely to be rabbiting away to you, as always. And I've said before, I hope you enjoy listening to the podcast episodes as much as I enjoy recording them. I've only had a few interruptions. The blasted postman bashing on the door. Trish coming back with her mum. Trish coming back with her mum. Uh, me getting starved and almost fainting of malnutrition, malnutrition. <laughs> I've been malnutrished. Take care. See you next Wednesday for the midweek message. Bye bye for now.